to Human Resource Talk, HR Talk, HR Talkings, the HR Talk Fest, HR Talkability. Uh, when you think of H and R, just put talk at the end of it with an exclamation point and try hrtalkpodcast.com, the unsecure website. You'll be redirected to biasco.com, the home of the HR Talk Podcast. Please welcome the co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy who just got off an airplane, a boat, or something like that <laughs> from Puerto Rico, Ricky Baez. Morning. I, it, it's an airplane. They have new technology these days. We can get back and forth from Puerto Rico to the United States via an airplane, JC. Okay, I'm going to ask a question that most people always ask you. So, um, yeah. did you have to show your passport, man? You know, wow. When did I, you get that? <laughs> you know, I know you know the answer to this. I, I know you're joking. I know you are joking, but you know what's not I, funny? I want to address how many this. People, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's not funny is how many people actually believe you need a passport to go back and forth between Puerto Rico and Florida. And it, it's, a, it's a shocking number of people that actually believe that's a fact, bro. <laughs> Can you legally work here in Orlando? You're from Puerto... Hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> I just got back from uh, from Puerto Rico. They're asking me to change my money from Puerto Rican money to American money. <laughs> yeah, did you did you do that at the airport? <laughs> no, I did not because ding ding ding, it is not necessary. Oh, I Puerto thought you Rico just used crypto down one. there, right? <laughs> no, well, I mean, you know what? Funny, <laughs> crypto is big down there. It's uh, you know, it's I had to go to Puerto Rico for a funeral. My grandmother passed away. Oh, and, uh, oh I'm yeah. so sorry, Rick. Uh, I appreciate it. I mean, it was uh, it was expected, but although it, it is expected, it still hits hard. Right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, we uh, we uh, flew down there last minute, and um, man, let me tell you, if I had a Bitcoin for every time somebody told me about crypto down there, <laughs> really? I'll be a trillionaire right now. Really? <laughs> I really would be. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah how'd man. it come That's- up? Uh, d- d- describe the moment for me. So what, okay, one of the so- one of the moments. One of the moments. Well, you know, it's um, everybody grieves differently, right? So when it's an uncomfortable moment in a funeral home, you invest people bring in crypto, up, right? Well, no, yeah, people bring up different kinds of topics, right, to kind of kind of get away from whatever they're feeling at the moment. And the topic of conversation was two things: the hurricane that's coming over the weekend that's hitting Puerto Rico right now, or the tropical storm, and cryptocurrency. Everybody kept asking me, Ricky. Did you hear about this? What do you think about that? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm dabbling in it. I'm not here for that, <laughs> but it's okay. I'm dabbling in it. <laughs> no, but it was it it was as cool as it possibly can be given the uh, the circumstances. But uh, crypto is making, although it is down right now in comparison to this time last year. Um, I personally do believe that is the future of currency. It'll be about 10, 15 years now. Yeah, I think there was a whole bunch in the news about uh, regulation on that uh, over the past week or so. Like a lot of a lot of uh, agencies or entities might be talking about a, a regulation form on that, which which kind of breaks the bounds of, of what the nature of crypto was meant to be in a way. It does, but that kind of tells you how it's uh, it's it's scaring the yeah yeah yeah. I got scaring the establishment, right? Here it is. Uh, The White House just put out a framework on regulating crypto as of two days ago. That's what it is, and it is moving forward with a recommendation on the digital dollar. Believe it or not, the administration is moving closer to developing digital currency for the United States. 
and a release of framework outlining the regulation of digital assets, including cryptocurrency and other items of value that exist only in digital form. And the framework includes ways to make the handling of the assets easier to ensure digital asset space is resistant to fraud. So that's that's the premise there. It's Executive Order 14067 for those who may be Googling along with us today. I mean, about time, every every piece of currency, at least the paper currency, has some kind of an of an unique um, code number to it, a unique identifier. So why not? Why not do that? Right. One one dollar is very unique to it, it's, it's it's unique to another dollar because they each have a different type of code attached to it. So why not go that route? Yeah. But yeah, right. You could tell it's affecting the establishment. People are getting worried about it. Hence, you wouldn't be hearing about these kinds of regulations. So I guess that's good news. I don't know. We'll see what happens in 15 years. It's interesting news, to say the least. Which, by the way, I'm going to plug this right in the beginning of the program. If you haven't already checked it out, (laughs) feel free to uh, go on any podcast application that you use. Type in Interesting Things with JC. Spend a little bit of time with me every morning. Cover an amazing plethora of random ass topics, and you're going to enjoy them. Today's topic was Mofongo, believe it or not. Oh, you did it. Awesome. Absolutely did. So if, if you like that, feel free to find it on the socials. You get that story there. I'm not going to play the clip here. Feel free to lurk oh, it out there. Come no, on. Can't, can't do it here. I'm, I'm uh, sorry. Okay. About that. Fine, fine, fine. Oh, I, I, I like how you describe that. An amazing plethora of what? Of crap? Is that what you said? <laughs> no, I didn't say crap. <laughs> no, random ass stuff. Random Come on. ass stuff. That's what you Dude, said. Do you I'm have sorry. COVID or something? Jeez Louise. What's going I on? I am I am feeling under the weather. I am feeling under the weather. Um I don't think it's COVID. Ricky, I it's I got it about a month ago. Aren't we so. all technically under the weather? Isn't the weather kind of above us? <laughs> That's hilarious. I never heard that. Did before. you did you get tested for anything? Um, they don't do that anymore. They don't. They used to do that about a year and a half. Ago, I thought when you go to a foreign country, and, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, my passport says otherwise. It's okay. <laughs> we're good. We're good, bro. Uh, beautiful. Um, um, so, real quick about work type stuff. <clears throat> you know, it's it's a very unfortunate situation that you're in, and I am sorry to hear about that about your family passing. And I'm I'm thankful for you that you had the opportunity to get down there to uh, Puerto Rico and 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 do your thing. Okay, and when we think about time off from work, sometimes it's it's not always that easy, right? You know, you you're 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 the silverback, uh, you know, legend of HR. You you get to go wherever you want to. You work for yourself, you know. I mean, you've got your shareholders and everything, but my God, but when when you think about the regular person that has to take time off of work, they they just can't get on a plane and and swipe the platinum card like you. It takes a lot more to make that happen sometimes. I kid you not. Um, I didn't think any of my cousins listened to the show. One of them came up to me and was like, "Why does JC call you the Silverback Gorilla?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I don't." Think I didn't he say, ever gorilla. say gorilla. I never right? say yeah, gorilla. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I told him I don't think he ever said gorilla. I think he just says Silverback, and you're filling in the blanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's quite true. <laughs> so, so I was both. I, mean, I was just shocked. I'm like, "Wow, you listen? That's pretty cool, man." I. I <laughs> I really appreciate it. No, dude. So something happened during this trip to uh, to uh, Puerto Rico that made me switch from the reason I was there to a little bit of HR. Where you know my cousin who also flew down there no from names. Orlando. I don't want. No, no, names. I'm not. I'm okay. not. Yeah, she uh, she also flew down there from from Orlando. Well, now you gave it away. You said she. 
I have cousins. Listen, there's the uh, like the series. There's the Hulk, and then there's She Hulk. So now people are going to Google She Bias, and they're going to try to find you. You're giving it away. And, and now that we said Gorilla and Silverback all this time, now that's going to pop up like yeah. it does on your Facebook. Yeah, it's everywhere. Um, they Facebook ads. No, so um, um, she was asking me uh, to ask the funeral director for a letter, right, for her job. And I'm like, why do you need a letter? And she said, well, my job requires a letter from the funeral director um, for me to get paid my bereavement leave. <laughs> and I'm like, they're asking for a letter. I mean, normally, wow. dude, I've been doing this for a while. Normally, the only thing you need is an obituary, something dude, to say you was there. I, I want to ask who the employer is, but I don't want to know. We shouldn't bring it out. No, we shouldn't say we're it not going to bring it out. So the employer is demanding documentation from the funeral director. Wow. And it's a large, well-known employer. I mean, large, well-known employer. Publix. And, and no, it's not Publix. Costco. Walmart. <laughs> no, no. I'm not going to say who it is. I'm not oh, my God. Who it is. What's that brand that Walmart has? Or, or Sam's? Sam's? Yeah. Sam, True Value? True Value? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. They the, work those, for them or cheap something. chips? Right. Look, it's pepper for 48 cents. No, it's, like, a, wow. it's actually Chick-fil-A. If you're not fighting people in the parking lot, we need a letter. Right. No, <laughs> we, we're talking about that. Coming up in a no, bit. So I'm talking to her about it. So I, I quickly went from Ricky to HR mode and I had to stop myself because she's like, Rick, I just I just need the letter. And I'm like, but why? They should not be asking for it. And then I stopped. I'm like, you know what? My bad. My bad. I'm going to go ask them. They gladly wrote it. Right. They were t They were like, wow, really? They would want that. I'm like, it's just, yeah, please. If you can just give me the letter. Thank you. So <laughs> I got it from her. And then I told her, like, look, you let me know if they still give you a hard time. You let me know if you need me, you, you need me to get involved. All and right. then I started thinking like a good two hours into it, I'm like, okay, why are they asking for a letter? And, I, and you know what? I know why. The way I've run my HR teams in the past, if somebody is, passes away, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Like nobody lies about that. I'm sorry. Nobody should lie about that. Better. People do. People do. Right. And but what happens is some organizations, because some pe some people do lie about that, they create policies and procedures that affect everybody. So you got five percent of the people who take advantage of the, of, uh, of of the policy. And I think I believe it's a huge mistake for an organization to create a blanket policy that covers everybody that should only um, be for 5% of, of the population. And JC, I've seen that before because back then when I used to run a team, somebody would say, hey, my mom passed away. Oh, my condolences. Let me know how I can help. Here's your five days of, 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 um, of leave. And no harm, no foul. Now, I have had some situations where people say, you know, like the third time, I'm like, dude, this is your third time your mom died. Now I'm going to need some... <laughs> Seriously. Well, no, but it's I could see a situation where someone has three moms stuff. Like a regular situation. Like maybe they don't explain the full. I I don't want to get down the rabbit hole too far, but maybe they don't explain the full dynamics of their family, but maybe they have a, a mother, a stepmother and a stepmother. Agreed. Agreed. And, and, and I know the kind of situations that you're saying, this was not one of those, right? Because, you know, it, it, it this was a team that everybody knows each other, right? So this was oh, not one of those situations, right? But, you know, but then, you know, when you start seeing those kinds of things, then, then I say you start asking for documentation, but only for the people who brought who brought you to the point to question their intentions, not for everybody else. Right. Because it's kind of odd. Right. Somebody's family just passed away. You want to be, you know, 
You want to be comforting. You want to offer condolences, but now you want to ask for proof? I mean, come on, right? You want proof? Come over to Thanksgiving this year. You're going to see an empty chair. There's your proof there, oh, right? I mean, dude. So yeah, so that's that's uh, that's what I'm saying. It's it really, really, really is messed up. Sorry, had somebody walk in. Kind of kind of caught me off guard. You didn't see it. It's on camera. Kind of caught me off guard. I had to shoot him away. No, it's it's fine, man. That that's a, that's a lot, right? That is so so in regards to this letter. So that that was all just a matter of hey, let's let's move forward and do this no matter what, then, right? Well, I did, I did, because I I I wasn't going to be there arguing with you know my cousin and and well, it would it would be arguing with my cousin. It'll be arguing about my cousin's boss's processes, and I have to believe with an organization this large, this has to be a rogue manager and not a a policy for the organization, right? Because it's a large organization, and I know for a fact, because I have some consultant friends that work with this organization, and I, I know for a fact they have a bereavement policy, and it's got to be less invasive than what they're currently asking my family member at the moment. Dude. Has to be. Friggin' McDonald's, let me tell you. <laughs> they would care to be honest actually when you come back to work they're like you were gone <laughs> i don't think they would care <laughs> right well maybe these days they might because everybody's hurting for uh, for business but then look dude i started thinking about the bereavement policies of different organizations and i got a pop quiz for you that i don't think everybody knows this and I, i'm just going to ask this sure um it's bereavement policy it does the government force organizations to put a bereavement policy in place no a hundred percent correct. There is no federal process. There is no state process. However, I do believe, state. I do believe mm-hmm. that you may be able to, under the Family Medical Leave Act, no. justify a provision based on your mental and emotional state. That, that yes, that yes, right? So, um, that question always comes up when, right. when an, an employee is taking care of a family member, whether either, either it's a spouse, a child, or a parent. And the, the question always comes up when it happens, unfortunately, that when they have intermittent FMLA approved by, by, by the family member's doctor and they're out taking care of that person, what happens when the person dies? Right? Do do does does FMLA extend to handle funeral services? And the answer is no. Mm-mm. Right. No way. Because FMLA only it's only there to help uh to well to to protect the employee from any kind of issues while taking that leave for taking care of a family member. But when the family member passes away, FMLA stops. But then now you have to have a conversation about bereavements, right? And then yeah. many organizations have a paid uh, leave, some do not, but the government does not. Um, it's uh, not a requirement. A there. Not a requirement. It's not a requ- well, it's. I think Oregon. I think Oregon has a leave law in place when it comes to 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 death benefits, but uh, the other forty nine states do not. So every organization does it. Uh, I'm sorry. Every organization has their own version of it. Sometimes it's three days. Sometimes it's five days of paid bereavement leave. And then what I encourage my my clients to do in their employee handbook is to put in something in there that says this it's it's this time may be flexible depending on where the employee has to fly to. This is because absolutely if, fascinating. <laughs> Hang on, I'm I'm bumping in because yeah, you brought yeah. up Oregon a couple times, so I I did consult 
as uh, the Podfather refers to it, the book of knowledge here, and I've got it pulled up. If your employer has 25 or more employees, you could qualify for protected leave under the Oregon Family Leave Act, and that means that you're allowed law to protect and take time, take care of your family members, et cetera, et cetera. <coughs> Talks about FMLA, parental leave, serious health condition, pregnancy, disability, sick child, military family leave, and then also bereavement leave mm-hmm. is contained within this. Up to two weeks of leave after the death of a family member. And I believe that's the only state that does that for for death, not for, for family medical leave, because New York has their own as well, and California has their own as well. Um, that's what makes California such, such a big monster when it comes to HR. But bereavement leave, that's something that's up in the air that some organizations just slap onto their employee handbook. And by the way, they should do. Right. They they really should do, because that's almost seen as a must in any employee handbook. So talking about California, there's a proposed law, AB 95. It would require employers in California to give eligible employees up to five days of bereavement leave after the death of a spouse, child, parent, sibling, grandparent, grandchild, domestic partner or parent in law. Other family relationships are not included. And that's uh, is a proposition. It hasn't gone through. Paid. I believe so, yeah. Wow, dude. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. Right. It just says the proposed law would require the employers <laughs> to do that. But it doesn't say in the language that I'm reading that it would be mandatory paid. Got it. The, does it define what a parent-in-law is? Like, is it a parent-in-law oh, no. of, a, of a domestic partner? No, it doesn't say. No, okay. Right. But I, it, it's open-ended yeah. enough to where it could be interpreted that way. Absolutely. Got it. Got it. Is an aunt or uncle considered immediate family? I don't think so. I don't think so, unless they live with them. According to Cornell, <laughs> Cornell Law, mm-hmm. immediate family is limited to spouse, parents, step-parents, foster parents, father-in-law, mother-in-law, children, stepchild, foster children, sons-in-law, daughters-in-law, grandparents, grandchildren, brothers, sisters, brothers-in-law, sisters-in-law, aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, and ah. first cousins. That's according... <laughs> So, so why call it close relative? Just relative. <laughs> yeah. That seems like everybody except the mailman. Wow. I mean. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Their source on this is 40 CFR 170.305. This is from law.cornell.edu with that definition. <laughs> and that definition pretty much says everyone, ex- uh, once you reach second cousins, then you're, you're on to a different, you know, non-immediate <laughs> family member. The disturbing part here is it doesn't say anything about pets. Ah, okay. Let, let's 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 pause. Well, that one pets for a aren't family, though, right? According to the law. Well, I mean, if it's if it's a benefit that's mandated by law, then yeah, the law then then has a right to say, all right, this is what a relative means. But if the organization is doing it on their own free will, uh, on their own accord, then why not include pets? So, at what point does your employer step in and say, Ricky, stop buying the small dogs to die in a few years? <laughs> Oh my God, dude! <laughs> so, so there's a breeder out there that oh, you know what? I'm not even going to go down that route. I'm like, because that's going to piss me. We're off. all I'm wrong. Not go down We're all wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very bad humor. But someone out there is laughing with us right now. They are. Yes, they are. I but, can see it right now. They come into your office, you know, and they, and they're like, Mister Ricky, my pet just passed away. I'll need bereavement leave, and you grant it. And then two weeks later, it's the same pet thing again and it's it's fish it's just fish it's it's 
They come it's and go. A guppy. Yeah, it's a guppy guppies. Found. I have seventy-seven guppies, Mister Baez. I oh, I might shit. need to take some time off. Yeah. I mean, teach your own, but I'm, I'm not judging if that's what you choose to do with your life. That's fine. I I don't, I don't care. But should I, the employer be obligated to come to the table and give you bereavement for a pet? If they have a policy in place for it, which I do encourage, I do encourage there there are a lot of employees out there who do not have kids that do have pets and they see their pets as their kids. I completely understand that because I because I have a dog, right? Her name is Honey Pie. She's 15 years old. She's deaf and blind and she has one paw out the door. So I'm just waiting for that time to come. And I it, it's when I was employed back then, a W2 employee, I told my boss, I'm like, hey, dude, here's my situation. Um, if this happens, I'm going to need a week. Vacation, whatever it is, I'm gonna need a week because you know that's 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 my little girl, right? So I completely understand that. Um, I do have some clients that do have um, a pet insurance, which I, I I find that awesome. I never knew of, that existed up until about a year ago, and um, bereavement leave does extend to pets. So now I have with mm-hmm. the pet insurance, you could take money out against the pet insurance to pay for care of the pet if you need to, basically. Yeah, but I don't think it's on a pre-tax basis, right? Intriguing. I think. Yeah, because I think uh, the uh, uh, the Section 125 of the cafeteria plan with the IRS, the only step in when they have to take money out on a pre-tax basis, that's why the IRS has a say in how these benefits are affected. So I, I don't think pet insurance counts as that. I don't think the IRS thought about that yet. That could change in a few years. I don't know. And now I have to hire an 80,000 freaking IRS agents, right? So maybe somebody's going to work on that. Um, but it's um, I don't think that's the case right now, but a lot of organizations are doing that. I completely understand it. <coughs> All right. Currently, there's no federal bereavement leave policy for pets. That's off the table. Talking about workplace grievance, talk, talking about bereavement leave, if you're in a situation where you feel you were there was a perceived injustice in relation to bereavement leave and or request thereof grievances depending on the workplace could be a possibility and a grievance for those who uh, might, might be new here to the program is it's essentially an employee complaint based on experiencing a real or perceived injustice in the workplace. And if an employee (laughs) believes that they're being treated inappropriately or have unfair work conditions, they could file a grievance against the employer through a union Mm -hmm. grievances. Unions, workplace, there's a lot going on in the news. This is not the current event segment, but we're going to make an immediate segue here. We could use the bereavement concept to kick things off in regards to grievances at work. Ricky Baez, back to you. So I've been involved in many grievances in a, in a unionized environment, and that is that's it's. I don't have the research for this, but I I, w- I will have to venture to guess that they coined that term, right? The uh, the whole union movement. And again, exactly how you explained it, the idea is that if you feel that you've been given a wrong, a, a, a discipline, if you were disciplined wrongly or something else happened, you want the opportunity to be heard, right? And this, and this is the process to have your boss and your boss's boss and your boss's boss's boss to hear your side of the story to see if the discipline that was handed down, if it's going to be overturned or not. Right, so that is uh, um, at the end of at the end of the grievance process, the uh, board votes and they decide whether the grievance is upheld, 
meaning that, yeah, something did happen and we're going to reverse course, or if the grievance is denied, which means that the discipline that was handed down is going to stay in place. I've been in a lot of those with Orange County uh, Public Schools and Orange County government. It's a really interesting uh, but really frustrating process. You ready to hit the gas on a couple things here? Go ahead, brother. You might like this. Star- right. Starbucks, they launched new financial-focused employee <laughs> benefits, Ricky. But those benefits are only for non-unionized staff. Oh, boy. It's called... My- <laughs> <laughs> God, Stay with Starbucks, me. Boy. I know. Yeah. It's called My Starbucks Savings. It, it, it allows employees to contribute a portion of their pay to a personal savings account through Fidelity Investments and Student Loan Management Benefit a program designed to provide employees with resources to individual and individual coaching to help them manage student loan debt, refinancing and repayment options. So quote, as we redefine the future of Starbucks with our partners, we felt we had an opportunity to further assist the financial well-being of our partners and their families. And quote, said Ron Crawford, Starbucks senior vice president, total rewards in a statement. Now, this is not the first time the coffee company has withheld benefits from unionized employees, Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz, and that's that's not the same guy that drew the peanuts characters, FYI. Uh, so peanuts, yes, said Got earlier it. this year. <laughs> Making sure. I heard yeah, that no, right. that, that's a totally different HR issue right there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so Howard Schultz, not the peanuts guy, said earlier this. <laughs> Stay with me. Said earlier this year in the online forum that the firm would be unable to give any additional perks or wages increases to unionized staff due to U.S. labor law, which compels companies to negotiate pay and benefits with unions separately. However, the National Labor Relations Board's Seattle office filed a complaint in August alleging that the corporation was in fact violating the law by neglecting to offer wage increases and some benefits to unionized workers. That's according to the Associated Press. And according to the Associated Press, 300 demonstrators picketed outside Starbucks Investor Day meetings this past Tuesday. News from the world of grievances. Ricky Baez, back to you. So I'm laughing. I'm excited at this because I do know that it's very illegal during a union campaign, a union election campaign, where the employees are 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 collectively letting the organization know they want to ratify a contract. They, they want a union contract. During that process, the, it's illegal for the organization to promise X benefits for the, uh, for the employees if they don't join a, uh, a union. They can't do that. However, Why? Why can't they do that? <clears throat> that that's just the way the law is written Dude, right now. Don't join the union. <laughs> I'll give you more money. Just stick around. Yeah, I don't know if you can do that, brother. I don't know if you can do that. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, well, it's, they're uh, trying. <laughs> well, that's why I'm thinking. I'm wondering if Starbucks stayed shut through the entire election process, and once there was a a contract that was put in place, and after the contract is signed and it's delivered to everybody, and there's no verbiage in that contract to say, "Hey, there's all these other things that could come down the pipe that we want to be involved." If that language wasn't on there, I'm wondering if if Starbucks did that on purpose and waited till, till the contract is ratified for them to say, "Now we're going to launch these for." For these non-union employees, almost as of adding salt to the wound for for unionizing on them, I would have to venture to guess there's nothing in the contract that says that. Otherwise, I doubt Starbucks would be as bold as to put that out there while there's some some elections going, you know, just 
elections happening at the moment. So I find that really, really gutsy from Starbucks side. But I do know there are people walking out left and right because they feel they're being mistreated by management. And I've said this on the show a bunch of times. I don't agree with the unions. I'd rather not deal with them. But if your employees unionize on you as the employer, you deserved it. There's something you were doing and not doing it. And to that, Teamsters have laid out plans to form a company-specific division for Amazon, the second largest private employer in the United States. Wow. <laughs> Quote, our, <laughs> this is, uh, you know, this is, this when- is just gangbusters. You know what? Hang on a second. Before we talk about that in our grievance segment, I've got something more important. Let's let you see life from another perspective. They can expand the mind and awareness. These are inspirational quotes. Let's kick you back. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Inspirational quotes with Ricky Baez. I'm padding time to give him a little bit more time to... (laughs) Think about his inspirational quote of the week, and and that's quite fine. Oh, he's ready. Here he comes. When it comes to customer service, bitching and complaining about a service you didn't receive is, in essence, backful at taking your business elsewhere. You heard it here first, ladies (laughs) and gentlemen. Walk away from business and go somewhere. And do stuff with things. Ricky Bias, legendary man. Legendary. That, was, that was aimed at the budget rent a car place at San Juan Airport. That was for you. <laughs> wow, dude. <laughs> Just wow. <laughs> That's exactly what. That is. <laughs> it's like you're an inception, right? It does. Like, I don't know if this is a dream of a dream of a dream. <laughs> budget. Oh, budget rent a car. We'll get to that later. <laughs> They have their own sound on the show now. Oh That's my god! Great budget. <laughs> All right, so Teamsters laid out plans to form a company-specific division for Amazon, the second-largest private employer in the United States. "Quote: Our new division gives all Amazon workers behind the wheel of any truck or hard at work in any facility a countrywide network of resources to strategize with the union in their <laughs> communities and succeed together." Teamsters General President Sean O'Brien said that in a statement. Amazon did not reply immediately to a request for comment. Randy Corgan was named director of the new Amazon division by Teamsters, which represents 1.2 million members. Wow. Corgan is the secretary treasurer and chief executive officer of Teamsters Local 1932, which represents members throughout Southern California and in San Bernardino, which the union describes as Amazon's most critical logistics hub in North America. Back to you. When a a well-known union decides to create an entire business division (laughs) to unionize a specific business, what does that say about your business? I mean, when I first heard about this story, it baffled me because you and I were talking about it. And I'm like, they did what? It just it just blew my mind that they're going that route. Now, what does that say? Either it, the it, teachers says, are- it says something more specific before you complete that thought. 
So the final quote here is for team quote for Teamsters and the labor movement as a whole, Amazon poses an existential threat to the rights and standards to meet our that our members have fought for and won for over 100 years, said Corgan. The new Amazon division is ready to create and support direct action by workers across the country to beat back this corporate threat to working people. They're in trouble. They're in trouble. That's it. They're in trouble because it's it's now there. If they're creating a business division solely to 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 um to deal with Amazon, that means they're investing a lot of money into it. So that means they they have to believe they have a pathway to win this. They have to believe that because Teamsters are in big organizations. Disney's one of them. They've been there for a long time, and now they're looking to they're setting their sights on Amazon. Amazon's in trouble. They, I would hate to be in the HR department in there right now because now they must be trying to figure out ways how to combat this. I don't know if they're going to go the Starbucks route, but I mean, I know definitely Jeff Bezos has a lot more resources than the Schultz guy. Um, you know, the, not the guy who uh, created the Peanut characters. Um, so Jeff Bezos got a lot more resources. So I, it's this is going to be a very interesting topic for the next couple of years. But wow, that's what I'm going to say. 70,000 pounds more relief on its way to Puerto Rico. Teamsters Local 769 in Teamsters Hispanic Caucus Florida chapter, along with local union members and Pembroke Pines citizens, worked together over the weekend to collect hurricane relief items for Teamsters Local Union 901 and the Puerto Rican community. A huge thank you to everyone who donated, helped sort items, label items, and load donated items into the shipping container, a singular container. It is not written as plural. This event was hosted at a Flamingo Park. No, it was hosted at Flamingo Park on the corner of Sheridan and Flamingo in Pembroke Pines. Okay. (laughs) So, yes, for those of you who do not know, Hurricane Fiona is currently over Puerto Rico at the moment. I was actually supposed to come back yesterday from Puerto Rico, but I I moved it up because I didn't want to deal with any kind of hurricane issues down there so we got my mom ready and my whole family ready but i really appreciate the union everybody who uh, who voted listen to me everybody who <laughs> donated their time and efforts <laughs> to help relief efforts for now tropical storm fiona it got downgraded so good for them camaraderie that's awesome Current events this week is brought to you in part by no one. We don't have a sponsor for this segment or the program. Should you desire to be sponsored? Should you desire to sponsor this show? Okay. We're here for you. We can make that happen. All right. And we've I desire got the- to be sponsored. <laughs> so do I. It'd be amazing. Our first story is coming to us from the, uh, from the book of messaging. Quote, I was telling my husband about my coworker, the one who lives down the road, and how weekly she goes to the liquor store on lunch and literally gets a brown bag full of nips. So I started our conversation about how nips got their name. I did a lot of Googling. I've always called them nips. And thinking about it, her weekly trek to the liquor store is now mildly concerning. A nip is listed as a small measure of strong spirits. In 1796, the slang shortening of nipperkin from the 1670s 
quantity of beer or liquor of a half pint or less, possibly of Dutch or low German origin. You could compare that to the German nip, which means sip or taste. And related to nip, reinforced by nip, in its secondary sense of fragment or bit pinched off, meaning nip as well. So uh, to, to the message sent to HR Talk while we were live recording today, I want to thank you for sharing your story. You will remain anonymous. Uh, we now have the etymology of the word nip. And now let's dissect the human resource aspect of uh, nipping midday. Ricky uh, Baez, over to you. I wonder who sent that to you because about four years ago, I had an, an employee relations investigation that has to do exactly with that. So I'll cut right to the chase. The concern was there was one employee who was vaping, right? And it looked like it's. It was a weird looking device and a manager says, oh, that looks like a nip. But the employee took it as it looked like a nipple. So the employee took it as a sexual type of a comment. She brought it to my attention. I started investigating. I went to the manager. I'm like, what do you mean by like, Ricky, a nip? You know, (laughs) when you go to the ABC liquor store and I'm like, no, dude, I don't know. Why don't you enlighten me? (laughs) So he told me. So he took you to the liquor store on work time. I Googled it, obviously. I wasn't going to go to the liquor store <laughs> at 9.30 in the morning. Not back then. I mean, maybe now, but not back then. Um, anyway, long story short, it was one of those things that she really did think that's what it was, but that's not really what he meant. And that's when I first found out that you call those things nips. That's when I first found that out. Now, back to the HR piece when it comes to this of going to the liquor store during lunch. Now, look, here's the thing. If he was working from the office, obviously, you're not supposed to be working under the influence. Yes, you are consuming the alcohol during lunch, but the effects of the alcohol would go well into your clocked in hours. That should be the same. The rules should still be the same if you're working from home because you still are conducting business on the organization's behalf and you should not be under the influence. Although from an HR perspective, it's going to be a lot less a lot less it's more difficult for us to investigate when you're working from home and we have to determine whether you're under the influence or not so it's one of those things that does become an hr headache for hr people strong words from a strong man ricky bias all right your second story here hr specific you are gonna love this one this one hurts me to read and to bring up but i have to got it have to Okay. You know, some topics in HR really strike a strike a nerve with some people, and this one really, really struck a nerve with me. Aaron Judge's season appears to have a unique gloss to some, since he appears to be Mr. Clean. They'd consider Judge the record holder if he surpassed Roger Maris's 61 HRs without the tainted trio of Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, and Sammy Sosa. <laughs> I was wondering to me, was going with Roger this. Maris holds the record for most HRs in a season, according to George Will. And there's no reason to suspect that we're witnessing better baseball than better chemistry in Judge's case. He's sober. He's not doing anything that puts other players at health risk. Critics regard Bond's 73 and other steroid-era peaks as phantoms, totals uh, of inflated as the biceps of those of bulked-up hitters. Well, Judge entered Monday with 55 home runs in 141 games for the New York Yankees with 21 games remaining. Judge towering over everyone and not 
just because he's six foot seven inches tall, he's crushing the pack. Judge is yeah. like secretariat in the Belmont, according to Bob Costas. He's a percentage point ahead of everyone else, and it's no longer emphasized. He's hitting 300. So he's a traditional great player. Great players have both power and average, and that's exactly what he's doing. And in the context of this season and era, that's quite remarkable. And in any fair person's opinion, he should have put the most important issue of the year to rest. Judge is hitting with his black Matt Chandler model maple bat. 307 hits, 121 RBIs, which is 12 more than anyone else, taking those HRs to a different level. Ricky Baez, back to you. I'm trying to find a funny way how to connect human resources to home runs, and ah, I can't do it. You can't. <laughs> I can't do it. Because the name of the show is HR Talk, so I have every right to do this in our current events segment, period. Yeah, but it's not home runs, and it's not heart rate. We it's none of those things. We never specified in the logo and brand if this was human resource talk or home run talk. Okay, I have a valid point. point. Fair point. That's correct. <laughs> and and the face and the face of the franchise yes. doesn't really it, it it the face of the franchise it's it's leaning more towards the performance enhancement piece of this conversation. Absolutely. So, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, <laughs> with that being said, should you desire for HR Talk to navigate away from human resources and spend time <laughs> focusing on home runs, let us know. Your Aaron next Judge story is not six seven. <laughs> Sorry. Six seven. <laughs> Six foot really? seven. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. Our next story is coming to us from Okaloosa County. Where is that, Rick? Where's Okaloosa County? I have no idea. Come on. I don't pull know where that is. Jeez Louise. You've got the computer just like I do here. Let's pull this up. Where's Okaloosa <laughs> County? Okaloosa. I'm going to look up Cheese Louise. Hold on. Okaloosa County. Let's see. That is near Clearwater? No. No. I stand corrected. Fort Walton Beach. Santa Rosa Beach, Panama City Beach. It's up over that way. Yeah, Fort Walton Beach and Eglin Air okay. Force Base area. Interesting. Well, up Thanks. over near Eglin Air Force Base, a Florida man's behind bars after Okaloosa County deputies says uh, say he attempted to take a woman's keys and steal her car in the parking lot of a Chick-fil-A near Fort Walton Beach on Wednesday, only to be taken down by one of the restaurant's employees. The victim was removing a baby from her car when a 40-year-old William Branch approached her wielding a stick and demanding her keys. Well, Branch took the keys from her waistband and entered her car as a woman began to scream. It got the employee's attention. The employee of Chick-fil-A, who deputies describe as a young, brave, and courageous man, Ran in to intervene. At one point being punched in the face by Branch. You could actually watch the video online. It's everywhere. The employee was not seriously injured. Branch wasn't strong. And he couldn't hurt the face of the chiseled Chick-fil-A <laughs> hero. Branch was arrested on charges of burglary, battery, and armed jacking. He'd been involved in another incident shortly before the jacking attempted to jack him further. What? But the employee of Chick-fil-A was not fired. We have no further word on what his name was or if he was promoted. Ricky buys back to you. So that was that that was my question number one. What is he still employed? Because from an HR perspective, now 
obviously I'm putting my HR hat on, not my human hat on. So my HR hat on is do not put yourself in danger. Do not do that. That's something you don't do. When I used to work for the restaurant industry, and we always encourage, we always told our employees, do not escalate any situation that does not need to be escalated, especially with tips. Oh. Somebody walks out on a check, don't follow them. Somebody tips you low, do not engage. Nothing at all. We, if you do, you will be disciplined. We have an update. Mm-hmm. Mikkel Gordon is the employee's name, and he was actually presented a special coin and an Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office Community Service Award by Okaloosa County Sheriff Eric <clears throat> Aiden Thursday for his actions. Gordon can be seen in the video rushing to help the woman and the baby from being jacked. So this is one of those things where it, it's, it's, it's the middle of the road for someone like me, right? Because from a human perspective, good for him. There was you know somebody who needed some help and you jumped in. But from a business perspective, you're you're putting yourself in the organization in in a serious liability issue. When right? Gordon saw he- the man had taken the woman's keys, he ran to the woman's aid, according to the sheriff's office. I was in the middle of an order, and I hear a call from the other side of the store all the way over there. Gordon, a speed of a speed of service director at the Chick-fil-A, told Channel 3. This is W-E-A-R-T-V on Thursday. I was like, I got to help somebody. I got to help. Somebody? just He just got a, a spidey sense that somebody was in danger? Being a father the of... Order? He didn't finish the order? Being a father of two children, I really hope someone would do the same thing for mine. Well, there, there you go. Yeah, see? This is where HR becomes an a-hole then. <laughs> right? It's something I wasn't really looking for, Gordon said, about being called a hero. You know, I was just trying to help out another person, end quote, and in turn, save the life of a woman and the life (laughs) of her young child by his bare hands. Ricky Byers, back to you. I mean, I get it. It, it, It's it's, he did the right thing from a moral perspective. But now that the Okaloosa County Chair's Office decided to give him a coin, What's going to end up happening is it's again. I'm I'm happy he did that. I'm happy the sheriff's office has recognized him as a hero because he really is a hero. But it's going to be one of those things that now you're encouraging other Chick Fil A employees or other employees to step in when, from a legal perspective, you really should not. But it's look, I would have done the, the same thing. Fire me. You know what? Do what you got to do. But I cannot let something like that from from happening. And Man, I'm having a hard time saying Okaloosa. So continuing with this, the franchise owner, Matthew Sexton, stepped in. And he states that he's grateful for Gordon doing that and glad it wasn't worse. Quote, although this could have been a horrible situation. There you go. Good came out, said the franchise owner. Our mission statement here at Chick-fil-A as a brand is to be the world's most caring company. End quote. I don't know how carjacking, stopping a carjacking would have saved somebody's life. Maybe it would have saved somebody's Honda Civic, but not their life. So I don't know if that was a life or death situation. But but you notice what he said, right? It could have been worse. Could have been right? worse. <laughs> yeah. So he's saying, like, you know what? This this coin that he's about to get from the sheriff's office and the accolades he's about to get from Chick Fil A does not come with a little slap on the hand saying, "Don't make a habit of that." Because that's 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 exactly what HR would do in that situation, just to make sure you don't encourage people people from doing that um, any further. So interesting. I still want to know if that order was filled. Did he fulfill the order? 
I'm unsure, but the story continues. The oh, we're not done. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the county sheriff's office, uh, Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office, has ah. now offered Gordon a sponsored spot at cadet school if he would like to take his talents into law enforcement. Gordon, however, sees his future working up the Chick-fil-A management ladder with the tagline, my pleasure. <laughs> he pulls somebody. So fast forward five years. He pulls somebody over, gives him the ticket. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. My pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> it's my pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> so now, now this guy. So in 20 years, when he's the chief of police or the no, chief no, no, of, he, did, oh, he turned it down. He turned it down. He, he's being offered a spot rent free to go to cop school and be a sheriff. <laughs> And he's saying, "Nah, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna work up the ladder at Chick Fil A. It's cool, my pleasure." I mean, I, I get it, <laughs> but you know how many people would kill for that spot right there? So then, Sponsored? here's the game. Here's here's wow. my thoughts on this one. Let's yeah. analyze this briefly. Yeah, he did an amazing thing. They're offering him a spot. All this is going on. He's turning it down to stay in the low rent job, right? Not that it's like, I mean, twenty dollars an hour at Chick Fil A is nothing to sneeze at. Don't get me wrong, right? I think that's what they're making now. Anyways, long story short. Not a buffalo. He he needs the flexibility of working there because he's actually an undercover agent or superhero or some shit. <laughs> like this guy's got some magic stuff going on where he he's keeping his chiseled chin in that like line at Chick Fil A, and he's like, "I don't need to be a sheriff. I will stay here to serve the public." I bet he turns around at five p.m., puts on a cape, and he's crusading up and down the coast. Solving crimes, I tell you, this guy, unbelievable man. Kudos to Chick Fil A and you uh, for for doing the improper things according to HR. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. That wasn't it. Story. That was that not our Florida story? Man story at all. <laughs> yet. Nope. On to, on to our Florida Man story of the week. All right, our Florida Man story is coming to us from Jacksonville, Florida. Ricky Buzz, you're going to like this one. All right. A Florida man claimed a $1 million prize from a scratching game in Florida, according to Florida lottery officials. Sidney Herbert, 44 years old, purchased a winning ticket from a Speedway food store at the Mayport Naval Station in Jacksonville. The shop will get a $2,000 commission for selling the $50 500-time the cash ticket. The 500-time-the-cash ticket scratch-off game features a top prize of $25 million and the best odds to become the instant millionaire, according to the Florida Lottery's website. They said scratch-off tickets comprising of approximately 77% of sales bring in more than $1.8 billion for the Educational Enhancement Trust Fund in the fiscal year 2021 and 22. Herbert chose to take the lump-sum payment of his prize which is eight hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Wow, dude! Good news for the Florida man, Ricky Bias. Back to you. Could you imagine just paying two dollars for a scratch-off ticket, and boom, you got an instant eight hundred thousand dollars in your bank account? Boom, like that. Just like that. <laughs> just like that. Well, okay. Let me ask you, there, JC. Put yourself in a situation. You're getting ready for the show. Yeah. You go. You go down the street. You go to the Jim Horton to go get some coffee. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then you stop by Seven Eleven. You get a scratch off ticket and you want a million dollars. What yeah. do you do? I would uh, probably take a little bit of vacation time or sick leave 
because I'd probably poop myself. And then uh, I'd gather my thoughts, contact a lawyer, and uh, change my phone. I'd get things in line. Uh, you would not hear from me again until I was settled. Uh, I'd probably send you uh, cryptic messages, you know, and, and just kind of vanish. And then uh, I would reemerge later and uh, figure it out. Mm -hmm. You? No different, brother. No, <laughs> I, I know exactly what you would do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna reframe it, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Imagine it. Ricky finds out that he's won, and he's sitting in the front row of his movie theater at home. And there's like everyone's, everyone's walking around. And in this movie theater, it's not just a regular movie theater, but it's a kino movie theater. And there's like oh. a desk with like people issuing the kino tickets and stuff. And he's sitting there, and he's reading this, and he's like, I, I won, I won, I won, I really won. And he dies right there, and he drops he drops his ticket. And then the what guy the sitting hell? next to him picks it up before the vacuum cleaner comes by to suck it up. And then him oh and God. his Griswold family, they go and cash it in. And then they drive off while you're carted away on a, on, a, on a stretcher. It would be like that Griswold Vegas thing. It would be just like that, maybe. No. Do you have a Kino no. theater in your mansion? Oh my! No, I don't have a Kino theater in my mansion. I thought you did. I don't do any of the. Oh, great, dude! Now I said I had a. I don't have a mansion either. Ladies and gentlemen, train. I will buy a train. That's what Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time. It's that time for final thoughts. Every hour on the hour, trains come by my house. Every hour on the hour, as it stands right now. That's right. Bring it by. back to you. Final thoughts. Go around the room, please. All right, organizations, let me tell you, it really put the H in HR. When somebody passes away, it, it's, uh, you know, it, it really says something about your organization when you're asking for proof. A letter, <laughs> so I read, a letter somebody wrote that you were um, at the funeral home. Do the right thing. If people take advantage of it, you handle those cases on a case-by-case -case, uh, um, uh, issue. But generally, take your employee's word for it. It, it, it's it's you've got to be able to trust your employees uh, it's if you don't you're gonna end up like amazon and you're gonna have the teamsters uh creating an entire division dedicated to coming after you so just don't do it oh that <laughs> <laughs> you're invoking that you you are threatening listeners with teamsters listen to you <laughs> right oh my gosh this man this man all right final mm -hmm. thoughts over to me real quick here may i that's right, ladies and gentlemen, in the first of two Monday Night Football games, the AFC Divisional Champion Titans will travel to Buffalo, New York to face the AFC East Champion Buffalo Bills in the Bills' home opener. This is going to be the franchise's fourth all-time meeting on Monday Night Football. Last season, the Titans defeated the Bills 34-31 in Week 6 on Monday Night Football, stopping Josh Allen on the 4th and 1 in the final seconds after the Titans scored 10 consecutive points in the 4th quarter. In the 2017 season forward till today, the Titans have gone 4-1 in their past five Monday Night Football appearances. Betting tips for the Titans-Bills. If the line holds, the Bills will be a double-digit favorite for the ninth time since the start of last season, trailing only the Buccaneers in the previous seven such games. Buffalo is 4-1-2, 6-1 overall on the spread. Give it a look. Bet your dollars. Forget the ponies. The magic is coming to Buffalo.
been our pleasure to be here for you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to HR Talk with Vicky Pyatt and JC. Enjoy the show. In, I hope you did enjoy that show, little one. I want to thank you very much for spreading that love and saying those kind words for us there. Hey, it's been our pleasure having you here on behalf of uh, Ricky and all his dogs that aren't with him anymore and the one that he has. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's how you started the show. I I don't. Was that rude? <laughs> All right, go ahead, Rick. Final. I, uh, how how can people find you and do stuff? No, just you can find me at uh, biasco.com. That's biasco.com or hrtalkpodcast.com. We are all over social media. Just find us on there: TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Do we have a MySpace? Yeah. Uh, we're when gonna we're, get going into MySpace. When we're, not, bring that back. when we're not actively hacked, you could find us live on some <laughs> yeah. of those platforms. <laughs> Let me tell you, I don't know how that happens. Hey, real quick, while we still have the in- uh, out- <laughs> intro, outro music played yeah. here, um, do me a favor. What's what's your dog's name? Honey Pie. Go to one of those AI generators and type in Honey Pie and see the uh. picture that it creates for us. Let's just... You do that for me, let it be now or later. It doesn't matter when it is. That's going to be magical, okay. mystical. So on I'm behalf of the right entire now. crew over here at HR Talk, once again, it's been our pleasure uh, to be here. I want to thank you for tuning in to the new and improved HR Talk that's one hour in duration. Uh, yeah. If you were offended by any of the humor, check yourself before you wreck yourself. And don't let the door <laughs> hit you before you step on out. We started from the bottom, and now we're here. So we're going to continue moving forward. In a educational and informational way. And lastly, should you desire to sponsor this program, you're certainly more than welcome to. We used to get 60,000 people listening to episodes. Now, we don't get 60,000, but I could guarantee you that we're pulling probably about 16,000. So, if you'd like to be featured as a sponsor on this program, on this podcast, at the start of the show, at the end of the show, in the middle of the show, call us. We have rates available for you. You know what? Don't call us. Just email Ricky. Drive safe. That's have right. a good night. Oh, what's your email? E-B-A-E-Z, E-B-A-E-Z at Biasco.com. B-A-E-Z-C-O dot C-O-M.